0: Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. Good morning. If you don't know me, I'm Neil. I'm a pastor and elder here at Billingshurst Family Church. I'd love to welcome you to our live stream this morning. You are very welcome. Do you know the lockdown started at just the wrong time for us? We had planned to go and see our daughter Becca's wedding for probably nearly a year, booked flights, accommodations, all, that, all sorts of stuff, and the virus came and it was all blown away and it didn't happen as planned. And um, I'm sure most of you have probably had some kind of plan or other stopped because of coronavirus and the impact of the resulting lo- uh, lockdown. Holidays, weddings, Celebrations of many kinds have either been moved online, stopped, cancelled or postponed for a later date. Schools, completely closed, children at home, parents at home, often furloughed or working from home. Uh, Massive changes, uncertainty about our futures. None of this planned for or expected or in any way. And the passage we're going to look at today is so relevant to that as um, James looks at making sure that we do keep God in control of our lives, recognising that um, it's really dangerous and foolish for us to think we're in charge, when in fact God is. So we're going to read uh, a very short passage from James chapter 4, verses 13 to 17. So James says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such And such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring what is your life you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes instead you ought to say if the lord wills you will live and do this or that as it is you boast in your arrogance all such boasting is evil so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him it is sin. Now the first thing when we look at this passage is to note that James is talking to people who believe in Jesus. He's challenging specific individuals. They are living out their lives pretty much as if God did not exist and has no call on their lives or what they do. The specific people he's talking to are Christian merchants or trade disease. They have an attitude that they are completely in control of events. And they apparently presume that God will bless what they will do and it will happen the way they want because they're followers of Jesus. They ignore the fact that everything they have already is because of his goodness and grace. And that maybe God might just have different ideas for what they're going to do with their lives. And James is not as such saying that it's wrong to make plans, or even to make money. He's actually addressing the sin of presumption. Not a word that many of us use today. And it can have more than one meaning, but in this context, it means an arrogant, disrespectful attitude towards God, presuming rights and abilities that are actually God's and not ours. And they come from, they stem from a wrong understanding about ourselves. First of all, about life, that we can expect a full and long life, about choice, that we're the masters of our destiny, that we can decide something and make it happen. And about ability, that our success or failure is down to our activity and competence alone, and no other factors come into play. And James finishes by telling that this kind of presumption is a sin. What he calls a sin of omission, where we fail to do something good that we should do. And to God, that is as bad as a sin of commission, where we do something that we should not do. And it's one of those sins, I think, that we spot very easily in other people in other believers. And yet we can be completely oblivious to it ourselves. You know, in this area, I thought I was okay. I'm a Christian leader. I kind of should make my decisions based on what God wants, in general. I'm not perfect, but I try my best. But I was quite surprised by the almost fury I had about my parents being scuppered. And it's a challenge, isn't it, when, you, when that sort of thing happens to make us realise that we are all prone to live our lives, forgetting to involve God, and to make him involved from the beginning and the end. And like all of us, I face that challenge of wanting to be in control when God should. And James is eminently practical. In these few verses, he reminds us about three things about us, which if we keep them in mind, if we remember them, they help to keep our feet on the ground. And they help us to avoid this arrogant presumption. And the first one is that is our ignorance. You know, James tells us that we can't even be sure what will happen next week, let alone a year from now. Jesus does a parable about a rich fool in Luke 12, 16 to 21. A man who, great harvest, he builds big barns, puts it all away, it's all done and dusted, right, he's ready for retirement, for a nice easy life and enjoy all the hard work that he's done. And then God just comes and says, you foolish man, Today is your last day. You're going to die. And he loses all of that. So we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And then our frailty. He uses a really good picture, doesn't he, of this morning mist. You know, a mist is insubstantial. The closer you get to it, the less you can see it. And it fades away very quickly. The wind blows it away, the sun burns it off, and it's gone. And that is how brief and fragile our life is, our existence on the earth. And we need to know that, we need to remember that. And then we need to remember our dependence. That everything that we have, we are completely dependent on God for everything we need, for everything that we have and everything we are going to have. And we are totally dependent on his protection and his care in our lives. Now James, no doubt, had his older brother Jesus in mind. Jesus, the man who was the only human being who's ever lived in total recognition that God is in charge and let God be in charge of his life. You know, he willingly put aside all the benefits of him being God to be ignorant of what was gonna to happen to him in the future. That he would wait until the father revealed Day by day, moment by moment, what was going to happen to him. him. He was willing to be limited like us to the point, to be frail like us, to the point where he gave up his life and died for us. And he was totally dependent on God for all of his needs and on the Father's protection and care. And Jesus showed us by the way he lived and what he achieved, that the best way to live life is totally under God's control. And that's especially true when you see what he achieved and what he did as he broke the power of sin and death on the cross. He enabled everyone who comes to him in faith to know the grace of God and be set free from their sins. Showing us that it's possible to live like this and what a difference living like this makes. And you know what? It's okay for us to be ignorant, frail and dependent. In John 14, verse six, when Jesus talks about him being the only way to God, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He showed us the way, the way to salvation, the way to know God and the way for God to know us. And in that, we are then happy to be dependent upon God because we know what he's like. And we know that he wants the best for us. And that's the right way to live. And we know the truth. We know the things, the truth that we actually need to know which deals with our ignorance, that we need Jesus. That we are sinners and that our only hope is found in him. And then we have life. And this isn't just life now. This is eternal life. He's talking about. So yes, we are frail and our lives are temporary, but it is truly only temporary. So it's okay to be frail and dependent because of who God is and because of what Jesus has done for us. And I think when I talk about God having to be in charge, that many of you might be too concerned that you're giving up too much to do that and not do what you want. And in a way, you're right, because as James tells us to follow Jesus, we must let him be in charge. But in a way, you're also totally wrong, because what we lose is not worth keeping compared to what we gain, as he brings us from death to life, from ignorance to understanding. And I would encourage you to consider that the price of what you give up is worth it when you follow him and for all that you gain. And I would love you to speak to somebody or get in touch with somebody here at First Family Church to find out more. And I would love to speak with you. And I want to encourage you as well about my own personal story of my recently scuppered plans. It was hard to deal with. It was an emotional time. And it was difficult for us. But I have been so encouraged to see what God has been doing with my daughter and the way that she has trusted God and got on with her life and waited patiently to be able to get married, which she was able to do a week last Friday. And thank God Sue and I and Dan were able to join in with that too, along with um, Ron's family as well. And I was even able to ask that question as their pastor asked who who is here to give this woman away in marriage and I was able to say a nice loud I do and that was such a blessing and I, I just wonder what impact the way my daughter's lived has had on those friends that she's got who don't know Jesus yet and uh, the way that she has trusted him and not tried to circumvent things because they were legally married they could have moved in together but they waited until they were able to get married in the sight of God and um, I was asked to pray for them. And God pretty quickly gave me a verse for them, Psalm 37 verse four, which I thought was a real um, vindication and sealing of what how they trusted God up to this point, but also a real encouragement for them to continue to do that in their marriage. And uh, David says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And the key in this verse is the order. We delight in God first, we honour Him, and then He will bless us by fulfilling our deepest desires. The issue is, we get the orders round the wrong way. We expect God to bless us when we just completely ignore Him, except when we really need Him, and then seem surprised when life goes pear-shaped. See, the difference we have as followers of Christ is not that our lives are made easier and more predictable. Often it's the dead opposite more it's how we cope with the ups and downs of life when God is part of our lives that changes. When he is our delight we get perspective on knockbacks like this, on times like these. We understand that they will pass but we can trust him and that in the end our lives, our eternal destiny is safe in his hands. And actually how much we learn to trust God and how much we bring him into the decisions that we we make in our lives can have such an impact not just for our benefit but also be a benefit to those who would love to get to know Jesus like we do. Giving God the first and last say is not just the right thing to do because it is the right thing to do to honor and respect our Lord and Saviour, he totally deserves it. It's not just the right thing to do because it's actually the best thing for us to do because in the long term it does us good. It's also the right thing to do because it's a kingdom thing that means the kingdom will grow grow in advance as what we do has an impact on those who don't yet know him. Isn't that brilliant? Let's pray. Yeah, Father God, I want to start by just thanking you for Jesus. I want to thank you that when we have to struggle with trusting you and letting you be in charge, we can look to his example And see what you did through him and how he stuck with you, even when it was really hard. Because he knew that was the right thing to do. And because he knew that would bless other people. And Lord, I want to pray that you'd help us to get that. And to be okay with the fact that we are ignorant of our futures. That we are weak and frail. And that we're not in control and that we are totally dependent on you. But that is such a good place to be. And Father God, I want to pray if there's anything specifically that we might need to change or get you involved in, that you might just speak to us about what that is and help us to do that. And I pray, Lord, that you give us all the grace to delight in you and how good you are to us and how good it is to let you be in charge and what a difference that makes and to enjoy the way that you will fulfill the desires of our hearts. And I just want to thank you for Jesus and pray for anyone who needs, He really is thinking about getting involved with him, Lord, that you'll just make that something they'll want to do. Not because I've said it, but because it's the right thing for them to do and it will bless them in every way to put themselves under your charge, because what better place to be with all that we can look forward to in you. And Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen。